to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, my name is John Wade, and I want to welcome you to the Texans Unfiltered Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, I said fantasy football. This is not your traditional Texans Unfiltered Podcast. I do apologize. We are going to talk fantasy. This is your time to kind of skip it if, if you don't want to hear us talk about fantasy, and James will not be here. So just a forewarning before I get any hateful tweets like, where's James? This is about fantasy. We are going to talk Texans fantasy this week, but it is a fantasy podcast. Um, I want to welcome Jordan. You also know him as Texans Thoughts and Patrick Storm. Everybody knows Patrick Storm if you listen to us. Um, with all of our, always our, our breaking news, I guess is the best way to put it. And we're going to all try and do this every single week. A little bit short of a show. Um, we're just going to talk fantasy and hopefully have a good time. All right. Um, well, let's get straight into it. Um, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. I've always loved fantasy football, but I've never taken it too seriously. So I'm glad to have some other people I can I can take it seriously now with and talk to. So yeah, I'm excited. Pat, is the Dynamo game over yet? It is over. They just they just got eliminated. They had to win the game and they ended up tying it one one. So they're coming home. Oh no. It kinda is what it is. Yep. But at least you had some sports to watch tonight and it other than the Yankees. Other than the Yankees. Um, Kind of a quick reminder, we do have merchandise. Please go to Last Stand Hats or go to the Texans Unfiltered website. Click on it. I'm wearing one of the hats if you're watching the uh, the video. If you're not watching the video, you're on the podcast. The the hats are pretty kick-ass. Please go pick one up. Um, Where to find us? Houston FB Pod, Twitter and Instagram. I am Young Ari Gold if you want to bother James and ask him why he doesn't like fantasy football. Um, And don't forget, of course, Texans Thought and Patrick Storm. Always hit them up. Um, now you've got extra questions to ask them because you can ask them start sit questions and they may maybe they'll answer you. I don't know. We'll see. Um, again, easiest way to support us is to take a minute, follow us on social media. We aren't after clout, but that those follows do help us get um, leverage to talk to people, which we like to do. All right. Um, and let's see. Next up, uh, Patreon. I want to do something special for. Texans player, join Tier 3 if you're interested. We're going to put together a welcome package for David Johnson. I think this was a great idea. I did not come up with it. I believe it was James. I'm not sure. But whomever came up with it on the team, that was a great idea. I'm going to always pimp this no matter what because I think it's the coolest thing ever. All right, and so we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the Texans. And with that focus, a lot of that has to do on what is the difference between good at football and good at fantasy football. Pat, you want to lead this off? Um, so, I mean, realistically, you're going to see guys that you're going to think are going to be the best all-around player at their position, um, whether it be running back, wide receiver, um, stuff like that. And you're going to think, all right, that guy is the best at his position, but he's not necessarily the best in terms of fantasy. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things that without getting too deep into it, um, it just kind of takes some uh, – some experience and, and reading up on things and um, just kind of looking at their history um, from years past on how they perform in fantasy versus on the, on the field. Um, a lot of people tout, you know, Julio Jones is one of the best wide receivers in football and he is, but he's not necessarily the best wide receiver when it comes to fantasy. 
um, because in terms of, you know, yards per catch and how many yards um, he's putting up per game or how many touchdowns and stuff like that. So you've got some guys that are going to be – Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say Julio is a great example because he's notorious for not scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, was it a couple years ago, two years ago or something like that? He went till it was like week eight before he scored his first touchdown. Um, you know, he was putting up a ton of yards, and that's, that's great and all, but without getting, you know, if you're not putting up touchdowns as a wide receiver, you're not really valuable to a fantasy team. Jordan, you have any so, thoughts to add to that? Yeah, to jump in on that, kind of the same thing, but making it kind of like Texans related. If you think about our tight ends, like, I think all of us are real big fans of Jordan Akins, and we'd probably say that he's the more talented and better at football tight end than Darren Fells. However, in a fantasy league, you're definitely going to want to draft Fells over Akins because of his touchdown potential. Led the league last year, and he's looking to still have that same type of um, target share in the red zone this year, especially with DeAndre Hopkins gone, so that could even go up. Um, so that's a great example. Um, but yeah, what I'm definitely with what Pat said too. Julio is a perfect example for wide receivers. Yeah, and I think that this year the Texans team in general, kind of demonstrates this. Like We've talked at length that we believe this is the deepest offense that we've had in a, in a long time, maybe ever. But here's the thing, we don't have a DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Part of the reason DeAndre Hopkins was so good at fantasy for so long is he would have a 25 to 30% target share. There is not going to be a Texan that gets anywhere near, near that. And as we sit here and we're going to go over where the consensus rankings are on each one of the players, we're going to see that reflected in their rankings. We don't know who's going to be the target who's going to hog all the targets. Um, we don't know for sure that David Johnson is going to be a bell cow. We don't know if he's, how the split's going to go with Duke Johnson. We don't know if there's going to be that guy that's going to be the uh, TD vulture that's going to come in and score all the touchdowns from the running back position. And, you know, that TD vulture could be Deshaun Watson, just like Cam Newton was a couple of years back. So using that as, to kind of jump in, the first Texan that is expected to be taken off the board in most fantasy drafts is David Johnson. However, any guesses to how late he goes? <sighs> um, probably, I don't, I'm not very good with rounds, but like, I know he's not going to be like a top 10 running back, probably somewhere around 15-ish. That's, that would be my guess. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I think... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think some you're gonna have some people that are gonna take some flyers on him, um, hoping that he kind of has that resurgence year. But I would say, kind of middle of the pack is is where I would place him, realistically. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell because Bill O'Brien in the past, like he's always been a run first guy, and so you're thinking that David Johnson's gonna get the volume, he's gonna get the touches in the run game for sure maybe 20, around 20 carries at least. And then he's also always been a great receiving back. So, like, the talent is there and the production he's had when he's had his great season in 2016 where he was, I'm pretty sure he's one of the top top three at his position um, that year, which is ridiculous. But Bill O'Brien, he hasn't always been the greatest at scheming running backs open. And so how often is he actually going to go to David Johnson or is he going to lean on Duke Johnson for that? And so there's just so many question marks with him coming to the team that I guess that's what makes, that's what creates, like, a pause for concern. Yeah, uh, David Johnson is actually ranked overall 41, so that would put him, depending on the size of your league, between the third and the fourth round, um, and he's running back 21. Um, it looks like Oof. looks like um, the trend this year is to be um, robust RB. Um, we'll kind of, in future shows, we'll get into the difference in drafting philosophies, but this year it looks like the trend is go running backs, go running backs early, and get a lot of them. So 41, 
Too high, too low, just about right. What? I'm, I'm trying to look at the running backs above him. So we're looking at Mark Ingram is above him, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette. Those three guys, I kind of feel like that's the range that he should be in. Maybe Fournette should be lower than those other ones, but Mark Ingram's always been great. He always gets the red zone touches for touchdown efficiency. Melvin Gordon, when he's healthy, is always great in fantasy football. He's a dual threat for sure. And so I feel like that's kind of right just because of the unknown that David Johnson is in terms of scheme fit, in terms of his health as well. We don't know how perfect he's going to be. So I feel like that's pretty, pretty not too bad, honestly. Let's see, three years ago, if I had told you you'd be able to get both Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson yeah. um, at the uh, third, fourth round turn, that's crazy, it's amazing man. how quickly that um, running backs fall. Um, Pat, what do you think on that? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's kind of crazy that he's in that area. Um, you look at some of these rankings, and you've got Clyde Edward Teller, who's ranked above him, who hasn't even taken an NFL snap, and that's kind of one of those things. above him. Yeah, he's – what are we uh, – David was at, what, 21, and Clyde's at 12, so you're talking nine positions difference. Um, like, that's – to me, that's just outrageous. I know he's going into that KC offense that's going to be – that's pretty prolific, but to be – you know, put a rookie nine positions over somebody like David Johnson or even Le'Veon Bell, I think is just outrageous. Well, I think that it's crazy that Jonathan Taylor, who's not necessarily even the starting running back in Indianapolis, um, they've got a pretty good running back there already. And we're already projecting – I mean, Jonathan Taylor is – Jonathan Taylor is a great, great – great player, and Marlon Mack has always struggled with staying healthy. Um, I am very high on Jonathan Taylor, but for him to go that much higher than David Johnson on a in a year with no rookie camp, no mini camp, to me that seems a little odd, and I'm also going to throw in the fact that David Johnson's also going to catch passes. Like, he's de- that's a definitive. That's not an if and or maybe. I'm willing to bet 100 bucks that if you actually spoke with, Dave, or with Bill O'Brien, Part of the reason that David Johnson is going to be here is he's going to he's going to catch passes, and with that, that gives a running back a floor, especially in PPR leagues. Um, let's see, somebody else that's above him is Leonard Fournette. That one blows my mind because he has not been good. He's had I think like one good season in the NFL, and the Jags O line is is bad. Their whole offensive situation is bad. Um, he doesn't. Even, no one even wants to be in Jacksonville. So, like, I don't get how. You, that's the one that's the most mind blowing for me. Um, talking about the the Jonathan Taylor one too, I love him so much. And you're right, like they have Naheem Hines as well, so they've got two running backs ahead of him on the depth chart. Two guys have been really productive for them, so I don't know, it's crazy. Another fun one is Todd Gurley. Whew. I guess that's that's your boom or your bust. I, I yeah. get why. I guess because he at least he is the main guy in Atlanta, and if he can return to his peak athletic form. You got. You can win your division. You can win your league if you take early late for sure. But it's it's a big question mark. He's even a bigger question mark than David Johnson health wise. I think. I would if if it were me and looking at these rankings and everything like that, and depending on where I was at in the draft, Austin Eckler would be someone that I, someone that I'm going to target if he's going to be that low on people's boards, just for the fact that LA is going to be having they got a brand new quarterback. Um, and so it's gonna, they're gonna need someone to help carry that load, and that's gonna be a guy that they they rely on out of the backfield. Obviously, you've got the wide receivers with, with Keenan Allen and stuff like that that are gonna be, you know, really good for him. But out of the backfield, he's gonna be 
he's going to put up some numbers this year for sure. So right now Eckler is projected at a second round pick. So fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, Eckler Eckler is Duke Johnson, but given the opportunity and given the touches, that's how I see him. Fair enough. Dual threat. He's great at everything, man. All right. So to tie it up, because we're going to mainly focus on Texans players this week, would you take Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson? <sighs> no. No, because of the situation situation that he's in. The Jets' O-line compared to our O-line, not even close. The Jets' weapons, their quarterbacks, the entire offensive system is nothing like ours, and that puts a lot of pressure on Le'Veon Bell because defenses are going to stack the box. They're going to play the run first. They're not going to be scared of who's their wide receivers. Did they sell like Quincy and none was? He still their wide receiver one? I don't even know. But He's injured. So. Yeah, no one's scared of the Jets, and so of course you're going to take David Johnson over him. But that. Yeah, I would absolutely take you – know, considering the situation that they're both in, um, David just seems like the, the better option. And Pat, keep it with you. Melvin Gordon or David Johnson? I had to go with David Johnson just because of Philip Lindsay being there. Jordan? Oh, I for, I was going to say Melvin Gordon, but I forgot about Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's a great running back. Yeah, um, and he's a free agent next year. Wait, no. Yeah. They decide, no, no, no. They just signed him to long-term. Didn't okay. they? I yeah, think they resigned him. I think they just I, think, I, thought, I thought he got a longer, a little bit, you know, yeah. a decent deal. Either way, I'll look it up. Either way, Melvin Gordon's also been someone who's been super inconsistent, and he's coming off some injuries. So I definitely take David Johnson as well. I think he's a safer bet. Okay, Chris Carson. Keep it on you, Jordan. Chris Carson or David Johnson? Ooh, Seattle running backs are some of the hardest players to predict. I feel like because they've got someone as their running back one who's different every single week. They've got so many backs there. They got Chris Carson. They got Rashad Penny. They just added Carlos Hyde. So, and they've always liked to take more of a, a committee. And I don't see Bill O'Brien taking that committee approach with David Johnson. James has said it a lot that Bill O'Brien's going to go and he's going to want to prove to the world that he won that trade. And so he's going to work David Johnson and give him every opportunity to show that he won that trade. So I'm going to take David Johnson over him. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Sorry, who was the other one? Well, Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Yeah, I just Seattle running backs just don't stay healthy. Like That's I don't know what I don't know what it is. Every year you're like, all right, this guy's gonna be great. He's gonna be perfect in that offense, and then all of a sudden, like week three or four, he's got a hamstring or a major knee injury, and it's just, I feel like, yeah, I would have to go with David Johnson. All right, I'm gonna leave it on you, Pat. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Oh, easily David Johnson. Easily. I just Jordan Fournette. Doesn't, again, he doesn't stay healthy. And like Jordan mentioned earlier, the Jags' line is just terrible. Who did the Jags hire for their offensive coordinator again? Jay Gruden. He may not be around. That answers it all. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jordan, we're on Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, I actually... So I did my first mock draft the other day, and I was really high on rookies just because you can get them so much later. I don't see Jonathan Taylor going this high, to be honest. Um, and so with the ADP that they're at, if I had to spend, what were you saying, a third, fourth rounder on David Johnson versus a third, fourth rounder on Jonathan Taylor, I'd definitely take David Johnson. I think maybe the ceiling is there for Jonathan Taylor, but you're betting on Marlon Mack getting injured. And so David Johnson's already running back one, so take him. Pat. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree. Just because, like he said, you got Marlon Mack there, who's been really good for the past few years, and that offensive line is just getting better and better. Um, so why would Mack take? You know, logically, he, you wouldn't think that he was going to take a step back, um, just because they're bringing in a rookie. So I would have to go with David Johnson just because of the opportunity. 
that he's going to have versus versus Mac or versus Taylor. Let's uh, keep going, Pat, with Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's a tough one, man, because of what he's going to be the feature running back out there in Atlanta. Um, I might have to go with, with Gurley on that one. Jordan? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I swear we're not homers. <laughs> but this one definitely shows that because I like Gurley's situation. I love what Atlanta has done with their offensive line. They've completely revamped it. Um, and also they've got a lot of weapons, so you got to respect that as well. It's going to be light boxes for Todd Gurley. Um, their scheme, I don't know. I don't trust that too much, but I, I think Gurley's a better pick. If they're both at the same spot, I'm definitely taking Gurley over, over Johnson. It, actually, no, I wouldn't say definitely, but I will. Okay. So we've reached the conclusion that David Johnson, who is currently ranked 21, should be ranked 16. So there's about a five, five picks that we are definitely – an agreement, I actually thought we were going to make a tackler, that David Johnson should move up. Um, the next Texan that is available is Deshaun Watson. Oof. 62 overall, round six. I am a big, big proponent of taking quarterbacks late. Um, however, this goes back to I think that our offense is going to be better in real life than it is for fantasy. So Deshaun Watson, round six. What do you think, Jordan? Is that fair, too high, too low? I think that's awful. I think that's like a good two rounds low. And I'm with you. I'm normally take your quarterback later. There's tons of guys that you can find with good volume and, and touchdowns, whatever. But there's a difference with dual threat quarterbacks, I feel like. Your Deshaun Watsons, your Lamar Jacksons, your Patrick Mahomes, who, yeah, they're going to get you 30, 40 passing touchdowns, but then they can also get you five to seven to ten rushing touchdowns. And so that makes a whole lot of difference. And Watson is in the best situation that he's had his entire career in terms of everything that's around him, the O-line, the weapons, whatever. And so I really think he should be QB no lower than QB four. Your top guys is going to be Mahomes, Lamar, Wilson, and him in whatever order you want to take it. But he's definitely way too underrated right now. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I agree. I don't think I, – I understand the, the hype around Kyler – um, especially with adding DeAndre Hopkins into that offense now, um, but it's still he's still super young in, in the NFL, and I think there's going to be a especially with no camp this year. There's going to be a drastic learning curve um, with the timing and stuff like that between him and Hopkins, and so I, I would have to easily bump Watson up two spots. Um, I don't agree with taking Dak over him. I, I understand Dak had a little bit better year number wise last year. Uh, but something just tells me that he's not going to be able to repeat that this year. So, yeah, I would easily lump him into the top four with Mahomes, Jackson, and, and Russ. So, round six, uh, 62, that means he's beginning in the sixth round. I know a lot of Texans uh, fans, including myself, that if he lost till the six rounds, I'm taking him. I usually take him in the fourth because I'm a homer, and fantasy football is supposed to be fun. I do not recommend it, but, you know, I'm going to die – on my on my hill, enjoying watching my team play. With this, though, the player that's right above him, Russell Wilson. Are you going to take Russell Wilson before Deshaun Watson? And we'll start with you, Jordan. Oof, that's tough. It's very tough for me because Wilson's always been one of the better guys in the league. Um, I actually don't really know about his fantasy numbers, but I know he's always like put up ridiculous numbers, so it should be good. But um, I think... I don't know. It's that's a really tough one for me 
I, because of my if taking out like my homerism, like my homerism would obviously take Watson first. But if we're looking at it very objectively, I don't know. That's real tough because I love what they have with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I guess they still haven't fixed the O line, and the running game is still very questionable. So I don't know. Just speaking that, like explaining that out in my head, I'd still take Watson. I think he's in a better position overall. He's got more help for him. Pat. Yeah, I gotta agree. I think he's got just a better situation. Watson is in a better situation um, with the talent around him and the offensive line and everything like that. So I would have to go with Watson over Russ. As much as my my gut is telling me no, but my heart is just is pushing me to to Deshaun. Yeah, I'm I'm in total and complete agreement. I think that Deshaun has better weapons around him than Russell does. Um, however, you know. None of the uh, so-called experts out there seem to agree with us, but we are a little bit of homers, and the advantage of that is I think we pay closer attention to the Texans than they do. And if you look at what the talent that that Deshaun has compared to years past, that right there. I mean, even if even if the wide receivers do not perform to the same level, they to even to their career averages, it's still more players that he can spread the ball out around to, um, and that's why I would take him over. Uh, Russell Wilson. Um, Pat, keep it on you. Kyler Murray. Oh, easily. I'm taking him over Kyler, hands down. I just I don't think Kyler is anywhere near the level of Deshaun. I get it. He potentially may get there someday, but right now he's definitely not. Um, I just think Deshaun makes better decisions. That's going to help him, you know, put points up, right, because that's the whole point of fantasy. He's going to put up fantasy points, whether it be throwing the ball or having a rush. I just think that Deshaun is going to be that guy that's going to put up a lot more points than Kyler will this season. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. I'm a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury, and the system that he's built definitely helps to inflate fantasy football numbers by turn by pure volume of passing attempts that he's going to have. But you can't take him over Watson. You just can't. He's less proven. He's not, and he, like Pat said before, He's going to have a lot of change in the offense, too. And, and I get that Deshaun will, too. He's got a lot of new weapons. And um, okay, I'm going to say my point, and then I'll get to another point. But I will take Watson over Kyler. And then what I was also talking about is if you don't get Watson and some other random person who isn't a Texans fan gets him, and I think that he would honestly be someone that you could trade for after the first couple of games of the season. Because looking at the first couple of games, that's a tough schedule, right, Chiefs? Um, Ravens, Steelers, and Vikings, and especially the defenses that he's going to go up against, like fantasy-wise, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Vikings, he could start a little slow, also getting used to all the weapons that he has, trying to get that practice and get that chemistry and understanding. If he maybe starts slow in fantasy, don't give up on him if you do have him. If you don't have him, try and try and buy low. You know, I'm just going to kind of throw this out here. Do you know who the quarterback last year that was in the same position above Watson in fantasy was? Do not know. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Same consensus ranking, number four. Um, uh, God, it changed. I think last now. year Deshaun was uh, was fifth, but it was the same sort of thing. It's the guy coming into his sophomore year. You know, he looked like he looked pretty good. And I'm I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say yeah. that the same thing that's going to happen to Kyler that happened to Baker. I'm just saying, watch out. Like this happened last year. Almost exact same situation. Um, Kyler has a better coach, and he's not in Cleveland, which goes to his advantage. But I still wouldn't draft Kyler. 
I mean, I have them in Dynasty, so I'll be I'll be okay, but I wouldn't draft them. <laughs> um, next one up, Dak Prescott. Uh, Jordan. Okay, so Dak is the perfect example of he's not that good at football, not as good as Watson, but last year he had better numbers, and that's because the Cowboys aren't as good of a team as the Texans are. And so when you're a bad team, you're trailing in games, you're trailing in fourth quarters, you're going to be passing the ball a whole lot. And there's a bunch of stats out there that show that that's where a large portion of Dak's um, passing yards and touchdowns came from. And so taking that argument into consideration, I could see why people would want to take Dak over Watson. However, and then also you look in the fact that he's got so many weapons around him, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and then they add first-rounder C.D. Lamb. So I definitely see the argument for Dak. But pure football-wise, there's no question that Deshaun Watson's a better better player. And are you sure there's no question? I remember this summer there was this huge debate because Dak had better stats than Deshaun over the past three years that Dak was the better quarterback. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's inflated. It's stupid. Volume-based stats don't really matter. It should be more looked at efficiency, DVOA, all those other better stats than pure volume of passing yards because, like, the whole argument was that, like, oh, um, the the highest, like, passing yards – yardage teams like offenses are all bottom five like you know what I mean you've seen that right yeah. um and that's that's because of what I said before losing teams will pass more and winning teams will run more and that's why those yeah so you get that um but yeah no Watson it should be proven by now like I, I think most people apart from Cowboys fans believe that Watson is a better quarterback and there's just so many damn Cowboys yeah fans. And they just take over it's crazy so they take over the narrative but I'm still taking Watson over Dak well, I just I'm gonna throw this out there. I, I hate to cut off Pat, but just look at who had the top QBR versus playoff teams versus who had the worst. I'm just gonna leave that leave that out there. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I, I think Dak's gonna take a step back this year, and so having him up there um, kind of scares me. That experts are kind of putting him up there above Watson. Putting him at quarterback three. Yeah, that amazes me. I don't think he puts up the same nearly the same numbers that he did last year. Um, one because I and this is people I, I I keep talking about Randall Cobb, but he doesn't have Randall Cobb this year. So that's eight hundred something yards that he's gonna be missing. Um I know it was only three touchdowns that, that Cobb put up last year, but Cobb was a trusted veteran that he could go to. And so he doesn't have that. Yeah, I know he's still got Amari Cooper and he's still got Michael Gallup, but now he's got a rookie in, in C Lamb that he's gonna have to deal with. Um so I think there will be some growing pains there, and I think, yeah, so I would have to definitely go with Deshaun over Dak nine days a week. Really quick to jump in, I think another reason why that offense put up the numbers that they did is because of their rookie OC, um, Kellen Moore, who he's their Tim Kelly. He was an actual, like, no one liked the hire initially because he was an internal guy, but then he showed out and he won over the hearts of Cowboys fans and schemed them up really well. And I think a reason for regression could be that because he was a rookie OC, defenses had no idea what he was going to throw at them. So they had very little film to game plan, and so that could have caught them off guard. Now that they've got a season of film, it's kind of like when rookie quarterbacks, they go into their sophomore slump. Now that the league has film on them, then they know it's to what works against them. And so I can see that type of regression happening from Callum Moore and from the Dallas Cowboys offense. Oh, definitely. I think that it also last year with some of the exotic 
shifts that uh, more employed, uh, teams will be better prepared for it this year. I mean, you get a whole year to kind of figure the guy out. You get to figure out his tendencies. Sometimes rookie offensive coordinators have a better track record, than it, and they aren't able to maintain it because you figure out the tells. Um, all right, Pat, next person up, Lamar Jackson. It's a hard one because Lamar is like the ultimate fantasy quarterback. You know, he's going to put up some yards in the air, um, get your points there, but the bulk of it's going to come on the ground, and I'd have to take Lamar, honestly. I, I, I don't think Lamar replicates last year, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a, a difference um, from the, you know, the things that he did. So I would I would I would just have to go with Lamar just because of the the pure threat that he is both on the air in the air and on the ground. Yeah, I'd I'd have to say the same thing and to try and not keep on harping on what Pat said, but taking a different look at it, like Lamar is a worker. Lamar has that same working gene that Deshaun Watson has, and he took a big jump from his rookie to sophomore season. People don't like to give him the credit for that, but he was an atrocious passer and he became at least above maybe average to above average. And so if he takes another jump like that, it's going to be scary. And you add that on top of he's the most rushed quarterback in the NFL, that's that's insane fantasy-wise. So obviously the question, like, question if you're saying, like, who would I want to start a franchise with, it's going to be Deshaun Watson any day. But we're talking about fantasy, and so it's got to be Lamar. Yeah, it's fantasy football for this year. Unfortunately, it's Lamar. We're all in agreement. This is where Deshaun stops. So we have him at QB3. He should be three spots higher than he is. Which, you know, is pretty accurate. I'm actually going to put him at QB4, but I don't know who number three is going to be because the past two years, Deshaun's ended up at QB4. So, you know, that seems a pretty safe bet. Um, I think he's going to take a step forward, but there's going to be somebody that comes out of nowhere. They're going to be on a trash team that can't stop anybody, and they're just throwing, and it's like garbage time Bortles. So somebody may jump Deshaun. Deshaun does have the capability of going all the way up to number one because he is both a runner and a passer. If he ends up being the TD vulture, um, he's going to be the number one quarterback. Um, he just He's too good at both throwing and running the ball. However, I'm, I would be very, very confident with him going as the number fourth overall at the end of the year, and I am going to continue to overdraft him because I am a great big homer. <laughs> uh, the next person up will, of course, be Brandon Cooks. Um, oh no, I just shifted my screen and I lost him. There he is. He is the 34th overall receiver, which would put him at position number 79, 7th round. You get Brandon Cooks. That is some disrespect. I mean, if you just plainly look at his box scores and stats throughout his entire career, he's been a perennial 1,000-yard receiver. He's had the touchdowns to back it up too. And sure, he's not going to be like a top five wide receiver fantasy-wise. But I really think as long as he's healthy, he's going to produce like a top 10 guy. And so I guess that's where the concern is if with the concussions. And does that really worth dropping him down that low? I, I don't think so because the reward is so high with him. So I don't know. Definitely think he should be higher. Than yeah, I don't think I think where they have him at is just a slap in the face. I mean, you look at some of the guys they've got above him: um, Tyler Boyd, Marquise Brown, Jarvis Landry. Um, it's just it, Devontae Parker. Like, <laughs> come on, man! Like Devontae Parker had one good game last season against the Patriots, and that was it. So it just he's way way too low. 
Yeah, like Brandon low. Cooks has been historically a tier two. If he's your wide receiver one and you have one of the top top running backs, you're usually in great, great shape. He's coming to – I mean, granted, he's been blessed with just all sorts of amazing quarterback play um, to go from Breeze to go to Brady, and then Jared Goff had his career year. I mean, that may play a little bit into it, but I think a little bit of that is what Brandon Cooks is able to do. He's not just the deep threat. I have, I think I'm the only one pointing this out. It feels like I'm on an island sometimes because everybody continues to refer to him as a deep threat. He is more of a gadget player. He's a Tavon Austin that can actually run routes. He's going to get his touches. They're going to manufacture ways to get him touches. He is not just a deep threat. I'd be more afraid of. I would be more understanding of his ranking if he was only a deep if he was only a deep threat. But I will stand firmly in my belief that they're going to use him as a gadget player, like he has been used his entire career. Remember when he first was drafted, the player that he was best comparable to was Brandon Brandon Sproles. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles. Darren. Why I'm, I'm making up names here. <laughs> I'm just mushing them together. Y'all don't new, ever hesitate to correct me. I do that all the time. But Sproles was the guy that he was the most compared. He was the most compared to um, that same stop, uh, setting movement, sudden quickness. Um, I feel like I can skip like the first four people that are right above him because we would take him easily over Tyler Boyd, easily over Gallup, easily over Marquise Brown, easily easily over Jarvis Landry. I think the first person that may even consider a conversation is A.J. Green. That one's a hard one just because we know what A.J. can do, um, and A.J. can put up some pretty decent numbers, but he's got a, a rookie quarterback going to be throwing to him um, with you know a second-year coach with Zach Taylor there. and I, To me, it's just too much of a, uh, an uncertain situation with – you know, with Burrow going to be the quarterback and stuff like that, so I would, I would, I would have to take Cooks over AJ Green. Yeah, there's that, and there's also the fact that AJ Green isn't going to be the force feed him wide receiver one type of guy that he's used to being throughout his entire career. Um, that's not what Zach Taylor wants to do on offense. They've got Tyler Boyd, they've got John Ross, they got the rookie, um, what's his name, T Higgins too. And so the ball's going to be spread around a lot more. So in in years past, I probably would have taken AJ Green more because he's he's that wide receiver one guy and he's a red zone guy too, but not anymore. And with his health, especially, that's just been getting worse and worse every single year. You you can't depend on him. I don't remember the last time he's played a full season, and I I can't have that unfortunately. Yeah, I'd argue AJ Green is more of a boom bust player than Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is yeah. safer, and he has a better quarterback. Honestly, like that shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be this much of a discussion. I think the only credible argument with Brandon Cooks is you just don't know what his target share is going to be. There's a lot of mouths to the feed in Houston. It is very unusual for a quarterback to actually support three pass catchers. However, I mean, with what they paid for Cooks and what he's capable of doing, he's going to get the ball. He's not going to get the DeAndre Hopkins 28-27% um, uh, target share. But, I mean, he'd probably get 20%, which is about league average. It's what he's always had. And I can't imagine him not getting that. Um, Jordan, what about Terry? Scary Terry, Terry McLaughlin. Oof, I love Terry McLaurin. McLaurin, I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> well, y'all got to catch me. It's all good. It's all good. I love Terry McLaurin. He is nasty. But you know who I don't love is Dwayne Haskins. I do not trust Dwayne Haskins with one inch of my soul. He was pretty damn awful last year. And, yeah, it's a rookie, but – I don't know. I don't. I don't know him well enough, and I don't know his game well enough to to predict that he's going to take a big jump in his second year. 
and I don't trust Washington's um, offensive scheme either. Um, he McLaurin's going to get the highest target share, but just because there's literally no one else there. And I like him. I like him a lot, but he's not going to be my like wide receiver two, wide receiver one, which is who Cooks would be for you. I love him as like a flex guy. He would kill it at that. But at this range, I can't take McLaurin over him. He's not as proven as Cooks as well. Yeah, I just I wouldn't take anybody from Washington this year. I just think there's way too much going on. They're a disaster, man. And it's like between the name and everything else, it's just I don't know. Way too many distractions. I know there's a new head coach. Uh, I like Ron Rivera a lot, but I just like you said, Dwayne Haskins just doesn't do it for me, and so I can't trust a wide receiver that's going to have to depend on someone like you know on on Haskins to get you uh, fantasy points, and so it just, that just scares me. Yeah, for me, it's all about situation. I think Haskins has the talent and the ability to be a decent quarterback. I think that Washington is just such a shit show that nobody's going to be good. Yeah. And I think this whole season's going to be a lost season for him. I think McLaren's best bet will be, you know, like second-year hop where he just he's the only quality player, so they start force-feeding him the ball. Um, I could see that potentially happening, but, yeah, no, I would still take Cooks. Again, it just comes back to who has the better quarterback. Uh, next one up, Pat, you want to talk about Devontae Parker. You you had some choice words for him earlier, so let's hear him. I just I don't see, you know, they're, they're going to have probably two is going to be the quarterback. So they're going to have a rookie quarterback going in there. Um, and just what he did last year, I know he had, you know, kind of a shaky – quarterback situation out there last year with they were rotating through with um, Fitzpatrick and name is slipping my mind now. Who's the kid that they traded for in the draft um, from Arizona? God. Wide receiver? No, the, no, the quarterback. quarterback. I, quarterback. I'm getting his name too. He's a, he's a good quarterback. He, yeah, he's, he's a decent good quarterback that just keeps jumping. Dumped into bad, bad situations. Yeah, so he he's in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury shows up, and it was Josh kind of Rosen. Obvious. Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen, yeah. So the quarterback situation was kind of a, you know, flip-flopping each week. They were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and, you know, Devontae lost Kenny Stills. It was his first season without Kenny Stills in a while. And so he, he kind of had to be that workhorse. And he did okay, but I don't – I don't think that's a better situation than what Brandon Cooks is in. Yeah, for me, Devontae Parker is the ultimate, like, kind of like flash in the pan type of guy. Like, he's just too inconsistent. He hasn't been able to prove himself over the years, and he'll have his really bright moments. He'll make ridiculous highlight catches. I was a big fan of him during the draft process. I loved him, but he's the guy who's like, he's always exciting fans with his potential, but is just never consistent about it. And that's what you need in fantasy football. You need consistency. And so I can't take that over um, Cooks. And like Pat said, the situation that he's in, Miami does not have a great situation. Tua, he's a very questionable quarterback. I think he was propped up a lot by the situation around him. He's got big-time injury questions. And he might not even win the starting job. So I don't like anyone on the Dolphins. Oh, Parker, I mean, he was a first-round pick. So there's draft capital there. They've stuck him out. He... Flashed towards the end of last year, and he seemed better. But, again, Brandon Cooks, has he's a proven producer. He's a first-round pick, too, don't forget. No. Um, he's the only player that ever be traded for two first-round picks and now also a second-round pick. 
again, the disrespect Cooks is getting, I think a lot of it comes down to, and a lot with our offensive players in general, is people just don't trust Bill O'Brien. So he, they're taking it out on the players. They think that they're all going to fail because they don't agree with the, the moves that the GM made, which is very, very interesting. Um, Jordan, this one will actually be interesting. Debo Samuel. Didn't Debo Samuel just tear his ACL or something? Broke his foot, Jones fracture. Broke his foot, yeah. But they, they, they said he was going to be ready for the season, I think. They'd... He'll be, they don't, they're not sure about the beginning of the season, so okay. we'll have to see. Yeah, he's expected to miss maybe two to three weeks. Yeah, and to me, that's it's an even bigger question mark without any camp because he's not getting the normal rehab and stuff like that. So um, I kind of find that one funny. Yeah, Debo's tough for me, but I think the 49ers, did they re-sign Emmanuel Sanders? No, he's in um, New Orleans? Yes. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's okay. in New Orleans. Debo would be their number one guy then. Yeah, and because of that, so I was going into it thinking he was number two or even number three, and I was thinking he wasn't going to get the target share, especially because of how Shanahan loves to run the ball, loves to feed Kittle, um, spread it out. But if he is the number one guy, I can see the argument for it, but I just don't think that he's the type of guy. He's not like a touchdown guy. He's not going to take the top off the defense like Cooks will. I don't think he's going to have like the the volume. He'll have in a PPR. I could see getting him because he's going to be the type of guy who's he's going to have like eight catches for like 70 yards and be consistent with that. But then Cooks is going to get you like five for like 120 and a touchdown every other week pretty much. And so you kind of really have to take that over the like the hype. I don't know. You know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at. I think it's a close discussion, but I'd still take Cooks. Yeah. I, I think I, a, I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think it's a close discussion of Samuel is healthy. He's not yeah. healthy. Yeah, Jones fractures usually refracture, and I'm at yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at the health part of it. Like, we're going to have Brandon Cooks available week one, whereas Debo Samuel is not going to be available week one. So why why are you going to invest in you know a, your first wide receiver theoretically, right? This is what we're kind of talking about here. Is the best, you're taking your top wide receiver here, so I don't think I don't think Debo's that guy. Um, just given the current situation with his with his health. Yeah, I'm the biggest Debo fan. If you actually follow my personal account on Twitter um, or hear me ever talk about Debo, I am the biggest Debo fan. Debo was one of the first words my son said because Debo would always score touchdowns for South Carolina, and it would, everybody would be That's like, awesome. Debo. So love Debo. He has a special place in my heart. Brandon Cooks is what Debo hopes to grow into. Debo is still, I mean, we watched him during the Super Bowl. He's, he's, he's a fantastic player, but he hasn't developed the route tree that Cooks has. He is still first couple of seasons Cooks where it's the short passes, just get the ball in his hands, let him make stuff happen without the developed route tree for down the field, which Cooks already has. The, again, Cooks is getting disrespected based on concussions and Bill O'Brien. That's what it is because I'm the biggest Debo Samuel fan out there. He's hoping that he can turn into Cooks in the next couple, next year or two. Uh, next one up, T.Y. Hilton. Ooh. That's a tough one. Just because we know what T.Y. can do, especially when he's playing at NRG or against the Texans. Um, but he doesn't have Jonathan Joseph to go against this year, so um, I think it'll be interesting. But, man, I don't know, because that's – 
They added to the backfield. Did they draft a wide receiver? It was. It was it. The guy out of USC. Um, who's Pittman? Pittman. Michael Pittman, right? Yep. So they added another weapon to go across from Ty. I know he doesn't have Ebron there to take a little bit of the load off anymore. So I don't know. That's that's kind of a tough one for me. But um, Ty's been kind of battling some soft tissue injuries recently, and so that kind of scares me a little bit. Um, yeah, I gotta go with Cooks. Sorry. Um, yeah. <sighs> With Philip Rivers as the quarterback, Philip Rivers has always thrived on the type of wide receiver that he's like a jump ball guy. He's your possession guy where he doesn't have to throw the most accurate pass and, you can, and he can still bring it down. And that's not what T.Y. Hilton is whatsoever. So I don't really love the connection between those two. Um, and like what Pat said, his injuries, he's not dependable anymore. He's more injury prone than Brandon Cooks. And also the, the, um, the Colts are always a run first team. So... I don't really trust any of your pass catchers whatsoever, especially as a number one guy. So I got to take Cooks. Fair enough. And we'll just run right into Cortland Sutton next. You going to skip over Robert Woods? Oh, did I skip Robert Woods? I did skip Robert Woods. All right, I'm sorry, Robert Woods. <laughs> Robert uh, well, so that's that's one of those ones because you saw Cooks come out of – he was in L.A. last year and Robert Woods outperformed him, right? But that was kind of like the first time that it's happened um, in Cooks' time there. So that's one of those ones. Does is Woods able to repeat that? Is Goff able to continuously feed Woods? And um, oh boy, his name slipped my mind. Cooper Cooper Cup, right? And okay. so that yeah, th- that's that's two wide receivers. Now you're talking that you're trying to take over wide receiver one, and that just I don't I don't think I can do it. I, and I saw what happened with Sean McVay's offense last year, where it just kind of. Um, it changed, and I have a feeling it's going to change again this year, and that would scare me with having to take Robert Woods over over Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I don't believe in their offense really at all. The only guy I'm going to take is Cup because he's amazing, and Josh and Jared Groff really only knows how to throw to his slot wide receivers. But anyways, the Rams' offense problem last year was, number one, their play calling got predictable. People figured out Sean McVay, and Goff had no idea how to adjust to that. And number two, their offensive line. Their offensive line was horrendous. Goff had no help in that sense whatsoever, and they didn't do anything over the offseason because they had no capital. They didn't have a first-round pick. Their second-round pick, I believe they took a wide receiver, I think. I don't know. But they didn't take an O-lineman. I know that for sure. And their free agents, they didn't really add anyone notable either. And so because of that, I don't think their offense is going to be good whatsoever, and I can't trust Robert Woods. And Robert Woods is always the type of guy who he's better as a sidekick. He's definitely not anyone's wide receiver one. He's better against the cornerback twos and threes of the world where he's getting schemed open because no one else is paying attention to him. And I can't bet on that lack of talent compared to Cooks, who is who has proven to be a star wide receiver one before. So that's, yeah. that's pretty and I mean, I like Woods. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think that for a number two receiver, he's the best number two in the league. Yeah. If you were, he just fills that role very, very well. Well, there's team there's receivers that are technically wide receiver too on their teams that are better, but for the guy that fills that role, does the dirty work, does the possession receiver stuff, does kind of like the compiling, um, he's great, but he's not going to take out a, a number one corner. Um, so at this point, I would still take Cooks, and part of it is also just quarterback trust. Who do you trust more? Easily, Deshaun, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. not a, that's not for any sort of debate, and. You know, 
I think we're going to have to table the rest of this and make it actually a second show because it's got a lot more in-depth than I was actually expecting. And there's a, we may actually have to sit down and just reevaluate the wide receiver rankings because guess who's two spots behind Cooks? Will Fuller. Will Fuller. And with Will Fuller, it's more about health. But there's a lot of receivers on this that even as a homer – like, seriously, with their quarterback situation, are they going to go before Fuller? I mean, either Cooks or Fuller is going to be the lottery ticket that wins you a league this year. I'll, I'll throw that out right now. Yeah. I can't yeah. say for 100% certainty which one it's going to be, but I'd say either or, and you can get them fairly late. You can get them in the sixth round. So we'll continue our discussion next week on wide receivers. we got a little bit of time before, before you know, real football gets going, so we'll try and we'll, we'll just keep this going. All right, um, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us lots and lots of feedback. Let us know if we need to spin this out from the regular Texas Unfiltered stream. Um, let us know, you as the listeners. If you hated this and you're like, please don't do this again, please tell us why so we can get better because we don't want to just give up after one show. Um, but where to find us, Houston Football Pod for Twitter um, and Instagram. Uh, between me and Pat, one of us will eventually answer. Um, hopefully I don't work as much at my real job so I can actually pay more attention to that. As always, you can bother James on, on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold, um, even though he's not here. Again, like I said earlier, ask him why he doesn't like fantasy. Why is he such a hater? And then hit up Jordan at Texans Thoughts. I'm sure he will welcome all the fantasy questions. He's pretty spot on about actually answering people and talking to people. Same with Pat at ThePatrickStorm.com, or at ThePatrickStorm. Uh, they'll interact with you a little bit better than, you know, than I will. Um, Again, take a minute. Please follow us. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Just, you know, if you've listened to us a couple of times, not even asking for a dollar, just go like us. If we actually had the amount of listeners follow us on social media, that that would greatly improve a lot of the things that we are able to do. And, of course, we're going to start introducing some fantasy stuff on the website, probably a little bit closer when season starts. But definitely go to TexansUnfiltered.com. And Jordan, Pat, y'all got anything you want to add? Um, no, actually, really quick, because we were talking about Cooks and Fuller, when I did my first mock draft, I just took both of them. I think that's what you should do, honestly. If you're taking one, if you're planning on taking one, just take them both, because you can't lose that way. But that's it for me. Yeah, just thanks for listening in. Provide us with a ton of feedback. Um, that's what we're, you know, we're definitely open to it and trying to, get better and provide you guys with the best content possible. So just let us know. All right. With that, we're signing off. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Houston FB Pod.